Sunday for me. Um, I went to Chorn Hill a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. I was there, and while I was chatting to them, I said to this lady, well, I'm, next week I'm in Bournemouth, and the week after I'm in my home church. And she said to me, isn't this your home church? And I thought, how dare she say that? <laughs> no, I said, this isn't my own church. I said, my home church is in Chipping Camden. And I realized that in some strange way, I'm flying the nest a little bit. We're, we're moving into a new season, and it's so nice to know that we go with your blessing and support and approval. I love this church. Oh, you don't know how good it is here. It's like most things, you know what I mean? You just, when, when it's there all the time, you don't really get to appreciate all that you've got. You know, my mum used to say, you won't appreciate me until I'm gone. <laughs> you know? And that was true. <laughs> In this church, man, it is incredible. I know it's not perfect. They accepted me and Chris <laughs> at the same time. And, of course, it's, it's not perfect. There are lots of imperfections in the church, but it's perfectly loved by God. You know, if you ever criticize my wife, I will let you know, even if you're right. And I think the same. The church is the bride of Christ, and Jesus loves it with a passion. And yet, here we are. We all know our imperfections and what's good and right. And this church, man, I mean, if you need any evidence that God loves this church, look at what gifts he's put here, the blessings that he has put in this church. You know, Phil and Ed and and the people on the sound desk, and the people who set it all up, and Hermie as well, and Karis, man, she's got a bit of a name. I went to Moreland's this week. I said, oh, where are you from? I said, Chipping Camden. Oh, that's Karis's church. <laughs> Not Phil Della's church, it's Karis's church. I thought, wow, I didn't know that. It's a beautiful church, and man, it's lovely. You come to church, you... You're worshipping, and, and it's all wonderful. And if there's a policeman here, you don't have to worry. He's probably here because he loves Jesus as well. Where I come from, there were police there. We all wondered what they were doing and whether we were going to get closed down or not. And you're free to worship God, and, and it's fantastic. But I've got to say, I saw something today that was a bit different to any other church I've ever been to. I thought it was a little bit unfair as well. I noticed the drummer today. And I love him. He's a great guy. I've known him for a long time, before I was a Christian. And he had earphones on. <laughs> that seemed really unfair to me. <laughs> I was going to take one of those selfies, you know, with kind of peep behind with earphones. I thought... The drummer's got earphones on. That's not fair, is it? The rest of us, we can all hear it coming. <laughs> and he sat there with his earphones on, and he can crash away. So anyway, 
Bless you, brother. There's another gift to the church, isn't there? I mean, how many times has he played the drums in this church? John wouldn't want to count. Wouldn't mind a penny for every time, though, would you? <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a look at the Word of God. I'm excited. We're going to look at Proverbs 8, okay? So if you've got a phone or you... Oh, I think it's going to be up there, is it? It's there now. Okay, here we go. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasures full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise and do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. 
For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Well, that's a bit of a sad ending, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just take my mind and my tongue and my heart and my preparation and I just pray for your blessing to be on your word and that you would bless us, challenge us, rebuke us, encourage us, build us up and most importantly, cause your word to bear its fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we enter this Proverbs 8 midway, well not quite midway, but a quarter of the way through the uh, collection of Proverbs. Used, it says in verse 1, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. So what he's saying at the beginning of the book is you need to read this. This is a great book for you to read. Solomon sits down, and I like to see it this way. Maybe it's easier for me as well. Solomon sits down with his boy for a chat. He's going to pass on something to his son. This is what he wants to pass on to his son. What does the king of glory I know we all go, that's Jesus, isn't it? Well, Solomon was a wonderful shadow of the king of glory to come. And he sat there. He had the most grand temple, a wonderful place. He was ordained, ordained, oh, I don't know even what the word is now. It begins with O. Orda- what is it when, you're, when people put lots of things on you and you've got lots of riches? It begins with O. Ornate, is that? Anyway, whatever it is, you know that word where you sort of, he's got all this gold dripping off him. He's got kings and queens coming from here, there, and everywhere to see him. I mean, he is this this king in all of his splendor. And what does he want to give or pass on to his son? It wasn't his riches and it wasn't his splendor. If there was one thing that Solomon could pass on to his heir, it was these words of wisdom. And what's even more crazy is nothing of Solomon's glory and treasury is left today, but what he passed on as an inheritance to his son is in our hands today. We've all received what Solomon considered to be the most valuable thing in all of his possessions, these words of wisdom. And he writes it in a way that he's got two ladies in the book of Proverbs, two ladies. One of them is called Lady Wisdom. Wisdom in chapter 8, or Proverb 8, is Lady Wisdom is personified. She's female. Wisdom is female. 
There you go, guys. Unbelievable, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> wisdom is personified and she is the subject of chapter 8. But there's another lady that you see going through the book of Proverbs and I call her Madam Folly, okay? And she's doing what Lady Wisdom's doing. They're both calling out. They're inviting us to come. One is not a good invitation. The other is the best thing that you could ever be invited to. Lady Wisdom invites us in this chapter to come to her. And she tells us all about herself. She's rich. It's better than gold and better than silver and better than everything else. She says, she's walked the corridors of heaven. She's been there from the beginning. She's got the T-shirt, the video, the Facebook page, and whatever else there is, she's done it, been there, seen it. Her wisdom is from the beginning. Nobody's seen as much as Lady Wisdom. And she's willing to share, wanting, desiring to share that knowledge with us. And Solomon got it, and received it, and enjoyed it. And today, we have an opportunity to take up her invitation to receive her wisdom. Now, I dare say that in this room, no offense to anybody, there are a few pennies that will be passed on. A few inheritances are probably going to be quite large. And they will be passed on to another generation. And you think about what you're going to leave behind for your children. What am I going to leave behind for my children? The missionary life doesn't usually accumulate an awful lot of wealth, so to speak. Well, usually, you know, pounds, pennies, and pence-wise. But, you know, if I could give my son one thing, my sons, one thing, it would be this. This one thing, this wisdom, that they would know Lady Wisdom, that they would ignore Madam Folly, and from Lady Wisdom acquire a prudent and disciplined life. That's my desire. That's what I hope for my child, that I'll be able to leave them with that wisdom. And I'm sure that in this room, there are plenty of people that would like to pass on Solomon's wisdom to their children. Lady Wisdom says the beginning of that wisdom is the fear of God. Some of us in this room have children that do not fear God. And so the very beginning of that wisdom isn't even tapped into. It's not a resource that, that they're partaking in because they have no fear of God. That's sad, isn't it? You know, I would like to think that all of us and all our children would receive Lady Wisdom's wisdom. You know, I don't want to give my... If I win the lottery... I've never played the lottery, but if I did, I always say if Teresa's mum wins it, because she plays it, and then we'll have a stack of them 
wealth of who knows what. But you know, I, I wouldn't swap it for this wisdom that's in this book. I want my Zach and my Josh and my Luke to have this wisdom. And this is the best thing about it. It's free. It's free. It's an invitation that each one of us gets because Lady Wisdom tells us that she's calling out to us. How much? You know, I, I, I read Proverbs 8 this week. That's why I'm telling you about it. I went, to, I went to the mill. It used to be called the mill. I think it's called the House of Bread now. Anyway, wherever I was, I was there. And it was beautiful. That was a contemplative time. And it was wonderful. And I read Proverbs 8. And I really loved it, you know. But she said that she says, wisdom, that, you know, most of us get up and go about our day without inviting her in. But she says, look, come on. At the beginning of the day, ask me. Call me. Invite me. And I'll come. She stands at the gate and the doorway of each of our days. And I'm thinking, man, I want to do that. You know, so for about three days, I think I managed to remember to say, oh, Lady Wisdom, don't leave me today. I want you to be around today, you know, and be with me. And there's an invitation for all of us to think about that this week and the things that we're involved with, whether it's work or play or relationships and friendships. Lady Wisdom is here for us, and she will pass on that wisdom. And God says to us in the book of James, doesn't he? He says, any of you lacks wisdom, ask, and I will give it to you as long as you're good enough to receive it. As long as you haven't been sinning for the last week, you can have it. As long as you've been perfect and walked with me in a holy way, then you can have this wisdom. He doesn't say that, does it? says, I give to all without finding fault. Lady Wisdom is a resource. Can I say that? She's a person in chapter 8, but otherwise she's a resource that all of us can partake in, can invite that in. In chapter 8, she is personified. In chapter 8 and verse 6, she says, Listen, for I have worthy things to say. And then she says those worthy things. What does she say? She says she speaks the truth. I like that. Been living in Turkey for the last 20 years. They don't speak the truth in Turkey. <laughs> the Turks, bless them. But they don't speak the truth. Wisdom does. She says what is right, and she says what is just. She has knowledge. She has discernment. She has discretion. She's good counsel. She's got sound judgment. She's powerful. And she has probably the biggest thing of all, experience. Because she's been there from the beginning. I love it because she's got discretion and discernment. The trouble with wisdom and knowledge that if it isn't wrapped up in love, it can be quite offensive and quite dangerous, can't it? We need somebody who's got discernment and discretion to administrate that wisdom. And she's got it in abundance. So she's going to administrate her wisdom with discretion and discernment. She's got experience that goes to the very beginning. She's been there. She's taken the video. She's worn the T-shirts. She was appointed from all eternity. Before the world began, 
when there were no oceans or springs abounding with water, before the mountains, before the hills, she was given birth. She knows it all. And she's freely available, calling out to us. And then we see this beautiful picture, and there she is at the side of God. And she's the craftsman who delights in God's ways and in God's works, day after day, always rejoicing in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, delighting, she says, in mankind. You know, I've had to learn to cultivate what I would call a thankful heart. I didn't have one when I walked into this church 25 years, 26 years ago. I was quite a selfish son and so. I'm not a lot better now, but a little bit. But the things that I took for granted and not for grateful, you know? And, and coming back to England, I find that there's a lot of people with a granted heart, not a grateful heart. There's this expectation that all we've got is what we deserve and we should be getting better, more, or whatever it might be. And I've lived in a country where I think people are more grateful in Turkey for the good things that they do get. I think we've been spoilt a little bit in this country. And, and, in, and spoilt means that our hearts now expect it rather than receive it all with great gratitude and thankfulness. When I went on in my Christian walk, you know, I remember Howard, you know, I said, I'm not really very grateful. I'm a bit of a selfish so-and-so. So Howard said, well, we'll pray for that, you know. He said, it's quite normal for somebody from your background. <laughs> and we'll pray for that. And I've really, I've had to work hard to try and cultivate a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. I wonder where you are today. How's your heart? Do you delight in the things that God is doing? Do you delight in all that God has made? Do you rejoice in his presence daily? Is your heart thankful? Is it grateful for what you've got? What a place to live. I mean, I'd pull my curtains open in this part of the world and thank God every morning. I probably wouldn't. I'd get used to it. I'd stop being thankful my heart would become quite dumb to the, to the amazingness that's around us, the blessing. You know, I was saying about this church, you know, you live here, you know more about its imperfections and all of its mistakes and all of that kind of thing, and God's still blessing it. You know, Tim and Megs, they come as well, couldn't believe it when they got the job here. A great way. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, not, not golly. <laughs> oh, they haven't got discernment in Camden, have they? <laughs> well, they have got discernment in Camden, I reckon. And God's given them as a gift to you all. At the moment, I can understand they've only just arrived. You barely know them. But I know them. I've known them for the last four or five years. You are so lucky. And I'll tell you what. They haven't been here, so you can't really see, you don't know them and all of that sort of stuff. But let me just say this. Pray for them and be thankful for them and you'll never moan about them. They're not perfect. I know that. 
But you know, they're God's blessing and gift to you, as are many, all of you are a gift to this church. But I just wanted to mention them specifically. Receive them with thanksgiving and gratitude. Pray for them. Bless them. I think that's the way that wisdom would have us do this. So here she is. She's calling out. She's calling out to you and to me. And now we say, how do we now engage with her? How do we interact? Because at the moment, it's all a little bit up there, isn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, how do we actually, you know, you say, follow her and listen to her and invite her in and walk with her. But, you know, that's sort of like, it's up there a bit, isn't it? This would be when I would be putting my hand up and saying, Howard, I don't understand how I'm going to walk with Lady Wisdom. I can't see her. I don't know how it all works out. So what does it look like in practice? Well, she tells us, first of all, wait and watch, she says. Wait and watch, and I'll come. Well, how long are you going to wait? I mean, you know, a minute? That's where we are in our culture now, isn't it? You know, a minute's a long time to wait. A long time. She says, wait and watch. What if you have to wait a week? Well, given up. Stop waiting. Well, you might have to wait a year. No way. I don't know how long you'll have to wait, but she's coming. She said she would. You know, I'm looking at, I'm going to take this job in Stourbridge. I haven't got a clue what I'm supposed to do, to be honest. There are a few things that I think I'll be okay at. There's a lot of stuff I'm not too sure about. Lady Wisdom, can you help me out, please? Come. I don't know when she's going to arrive, but sometimes people say, yeah, that was really wise. I think she must have come. She must have helped me. You know, I'd say, try it. Try it. I'd like to speak to my son about the Lord, but he's not interested. I feel like he's lost. Okay. Okay. Invite Lady Wisdom and ask her to speak to you and through you to your son. And then don't try to witness to your son. Let her come. She'll lead it or your daughter, she will give you the wisdom to speak into the situations that you're concerned about. She said she would. She knows better. She knows more about your family situation, your work situation than you do. She's willing to come to you and work with you. She won't be this kind of manifestation of someone next to you. Don't expect it to be like that. But she will prompt you. And you'll hear through other people that she was there. Because they'll say that was wise. That was good what you did. There's something you said. I mean, how many times have I had that? Somebody says, there's something you said. Do you remember four years ago you said, I don't even remember four days ago, let alone four years ago. I just assume that she's been. She's spoken. She's touched someone. She's helped someone. And she's going to be willing if you wait and watch for her. She will come. You will find her. 
Because everybody who looks for her and everyone who finds her then finds favor from the Lord. I can have some of that. A lot of that, please. Favor from the Lord. And then she says this. Man, this is really scary. Do you have scary scripture? There are scary scriptures, aren't there? She says, but whoever fails to find me harms himself. Oh, dear. All who hate me love death. Ooh. All who hate me love death. Well, I don't hate her, therefore I don't love death. Well, you sought her. Have you looked for her? Have you waited for her? Have you watched out for her? Or do you just go blindly through life? in your own wisdom, in your own strength? Or do you go with Lady Wisdom? The sad reality is that for many of us, if not all of us, we've all got loved ones, family and friends who haven't found wisdom, people who do not fear the Lord. And today, knowingly or unknowingly, they hate wisdom and love death. Isn't that awful? That's scary scripture. What an awful thought. What a horrible thing. And they don't know it. They're blind to it. Their feelings are numb to it. How can they be saved? How can they be helped? What must we do? Anyone got an idea? You can come next week. Exactly. We're not without hope. This isn't despair. We have someone to help. And her name is Lady Wisdom. And we'll ask her. And that's how I want us to respond. Let's stand up and let's call on her. And whatever your situation, if you know someone today who is blind and deaf, when it comes to Lady Wisdom, let's call on God who gives to all without finding fault. And let's mention some people that we know, whether it's at work, and our homes, wherever it might be, but God's going to put it on your heart and let's ask where Lady Wisdom's. Let's stand up. And let's pray. Lord, <laughs> the despair of some of your precious words. I just, oh man, I'm just scared at the thought there are people today that, that hate you, hate wisdom, love death, people who don't even know it. People that I love and think that are really lovely people and they're great, but they don't know you. And I feel in despair at trying to help them know about you, your existence, and your love towards them. God, I want to pray for every single person in this room because we all know people. And we ask you, God, for wisdom. For wisdom, for discernment. 
that you would speak to the world through us. That you would touch hearts, that you would light fires. God, those people that we love that don't know you. My brother Martin, God, give us wisdom. And if you don't use us, use someone else. But whatever happens, please, wisdom, go to him. Go to him. Go to Martin and speak to him. Call to him. And God, I pray that his heart would turn, that it would, that it would taste and see you, God. Think about everyone that, that comes to this school, all the students that are going to be in this school tomorrow that don't know you, God. And yet you have strategically placed people in this school that do know you and love you. God, I want to pray for a revival among the students, God. Ah, oh, we've got some great godly people that come to this school. And I pray, Lady Wisdom, that you'll be with them tomorrow. That you'll be ministering through your ministers in this school. And we call out the kids. We ask you, God, to invite them into your kingdom to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we want to pray that this school, well, it's got a great reputation, Lord. We want to pray that that reputation would be flavored with the gospel. Ah. Oh. People would say, you know, there's a strange move of God going on in that school. And they won't be talking about Sunday. They'll be talking about Monday to Friday. I'll pray for each one who goes to work here. Oh, especially those that are a little bit timid and a little bit afraid to, to talk about their faith. Those who are afraid of being mocked, insulted. I pray that they would that they would enjoy Lady Wisdom's presence, that in that wonderful discerning way, that, that way of discretion, that she would lead us down those corridors, that we would have healthy words to speak into the lives of those that we work with. God, I pray for those that listen to Lady Madam Folly and all her false lies, the promises that are empty. God, those that have been led astray by Lady Folly. She's entrapped people with her words. She has seduced them. She has, yeah, she's really led people a merry dance. And yet, she leads to death. And God, we pray that, that those that have been led astray by her, that you would march them out victoriously from the enemy, from Madame Folly's schemes, and we pray that you would break the chains that some people are in in this room. God, break the chains and set your people free. God, those who can't worship you today because they, they're crippled with guilt. God, break the chains. 
God, I keep praying for deliverance, God. For those that are depressed, for deliverance, God. Lift them out of the miry pit and put their feet upon the rock and let them sing and loosen their tongues, their hearts to sing of your praises. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to bring things to a close. Um, if you need to pick up children, uh, please feel free to go and collect them. I'm going to finish with a final song, though, so uh, <clears throat> band are coming back. Do stay for tea and coffee. It'll be served in a few oh, minutes. No. If you're visiting us, guests, please do stay. It'd be great to just have a chat with you. There's